Welcome to the Survival Prepper Show, where being labeled a crazy prepper is a badge of honor. Learn about disaster preparedness, survival, and get ready for whatever challenges might come your way. This is not your typical prepping podcast, and they won't be silenced by the censors. Here are your hosts, Duff and Dale. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the show. We're uh, we're doing an early show uh, this week. Uh, yesterday's show kind of got, uh, you know, the software issues and all that crap, so we're doing an early show this week. Uh, it'll be interesting uh, at the very least. Brian, we were just talking before the show, and Brian was talking about how his attitude is completely different in the mornings <laughs> as compared to the afternoon. It is. So. Well, I mean, it's it, I, I have to work on it. I get up, I have my coffee, I go stand in the sun, I do 20 minutes of like some stretching, standing in the sun, smoking a little herb, and uh, <laughs> listening to some blues and some nice motivational music, and it sets the tone. By the end of the day, by the time we get to our show, I mean, that's like, what is it, 7 o'clock at night for me? I'm worn out, man. Like, like I'm, I've, I've spent the whole day managing my stuff. So, like, yeah, that's what we get. Yeah, that's what I yeah. get anyway. And you get to listen. Yeah, uh, it interesting too. This is I'm coming up on my little video marathon because today we've got this one because while well, we had yesterday's which didn't go too well, we have this one, and then we're gonna try to record Sunday show because we're not gonna be able to do a live on Sunday, and then tonight yeah. I've got my live stream over at Survivalist Prepper, which is gonna be pretty fun. Uh, got my bug out bag all loaded out, and I'm going to go through that. Uh, and then um, on Saturday, I've got a, I, I agreed to do a video with Lisa on her channel. <laughs> so we're going to do a live. I'm trying to talk her into doing live streams. So what do you uh, what do, what are you doing over on Lisa's channel? Some DIY, DIY project? She's going to do some crafting crap, and I agreed that I would, you know, you know, go along with it, and I'd be on there. So she's going to teach me some crafts. Should be pretty interesting. Because oh, what do you gonna, I, do? You know what you're going to make yet? I have no. She won't tell me no. So oh, as long as there's not any freaking glitter, I'm okay. Glitter is the devil. So, but I'm used I hope, to. Like, I hope if Lisa's watching that you have lots of glitter. I hope there's <laughs> lots of glitter involved. Yeah, um, I hope you get. I hope you have a glitter jacket and a glitter bedazzled hat by the end of it. That and um, I think we should do a uh, vi- review video on your DIY video over at Lisa's <laughs> channel afterwards. Yeah, I don't think so. I shouldn't even. I should, probably shouldn't even have brought this whole thing. Oh up. no, I think that's going to happen one way or the another. Or the other now. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm more of the DIY stuff. I'm the more of the out in the garage woodworking stuff like that. So this whole crafty hodgepodge and painting shit, well, I don't know about all that. I don't know. We'll I see, figured though. when you go on your, I, I figured when you go on Lisa's show, it's probably about Lisa and not about Dale. Yeah, yeah, and and I, <laughs> I, I'm just there for moral support. I wanted her to start doing these live streams, so she's gonna. I, I figured I'd be the guinea pig for the first show. I'll be like the Tim the Toolman Taylor, man. You guys have great chemistry. Something like that, where you're totally uncomfortable and you don't want to be doing the, you know, you don't want to be dazzling your hat. You know, you don't want to have some sparkles on that little coiled rattlesnake up there on top of your head. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's gonna be a good show. <laughs> I got my Duff and Dale hat. Maybe I'll, I'll we'll bedazzle that one. <laughs> Hell yeah. At, uh, at any rate, let's go ahead and get into the show today. Um, uh, I was going to talk about that whole railroad strike today. Um, we were going to talk about it yesterday, and, and, it, and then this morning I heard that they reached a tentative agreement um, on the strike itself. Uh, so I was like, well, <laughs> well, that's not going to work. But there are a couple other things that, um, what have you heard about well, that? And then we'll go to the a couple other things. So I think the railroad strike again shows that just how tenuous our just-in-time supply system that we see already buckling in the stores by everything that isn't on the shelves um, is, right? Which reinforces the old narrative to be a prepper. As far as the railroad strike goes, my understanding was what it was coming down to at the end was the railroad workers were getting, they, they would, they were on call all the time. And if you refused to take a call because you had to go to the dentist or you needed a day off, like it was almost like this vindictive system that would go against you. So the, they were, it was really difficult to take time off because the railroad industry 
it's it's being run by like hedge fund kind of mentality, right? So they've been cutting railroad workers for years. I think it's that they've gone from like 500,000 engineers in the US and railroad people that do that kind of stuff down to like 150,000, but they're still trying to get the same amount of shit done. So my understanding is a lot of the complaint was about like, hey, when they would they would hop on a train and go to another town somewhere a couple of days away, Sometimes there wasn't a train waiting to go back. So they'd get, they'd get stuck there for two days. Well, they're not, you know, they're, they're like, Hey, why am I not getting paid for this time away from home kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. And then, and then they were, they were, their, their complaint was they were at, they were getting paid. The railroad associations and stuff were paying them $12 a day for per diem to eat. Like, okay, you're stuck in some town somewhere. Here's 12 bucks, figure it out. You know, yeah. and and their and their whole argument was, well, you know, the IRS gives you a sixty dollar deduction. I, I imagine the the heads of the railroad companies don't miss their sixty dollar deduction, right? So the the railroad workers are like, why aren't we getting more? We need more money because we're living out of town. So it was a bunch of quality of life issues, basically. And having worked as an EMT and a paramedic for private ambulance companies, you get treated the same way, typically. Right. You may have a good company here and there that does just first response and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and so you're just on a 911 schedule and you're going in and doing that. A lot of those ambulance companies, though, you'd never you go in, you don't know when you're getting off. You get held over two, three hours. Um, you know, they they're it's difficult with the, the it, it, it's a lot. So I, I have a affinity for when they start talking about quality of life issues. And it gets back to, I think, what we've talked about a lot with corporate America now. They've stopped giving a shit about their employees. And I think that's a part of the reason, like, right, you know, the Biden administration going back to Obama and Trump did it too, doesn't count people in unemployment roles who've stopped looking for work because they're so fed up with this, with the workplace or whatever. So anyhow, I think it speaks to a bigger issue in our society. And again, it comes back to just in time uh, transportation, just in time stocking of your food and supplies means everybody should be a prepper because just in time means it's about almost ready to break. Yeah. And, and I was reading a few things yesterday that had me pretty concerned about, you know, it, it would, would have meant a, around a 30% uh, reduction in supply. Uh, So it really would have on top of everything that's already going on really would have crippled it. And then I saw that Biden was getting in on it and uh, found this article or saw this article on zero hedge about Bernie Sanders blocking a proposal which would avoid the railroad strike. And it, and it, and I almost, I hate to say it, but I almost agree with him because he was talking about the workers and the same thing you were just talking about. But I, I just don't like when government gets involved with private business. And I think that's my issue. And I wanted to get your thoughts on unions. I, I'm not for or against unions, really. I'm not like some people. But when government gets involved and then you've got the unions that are donating to the Democrat Party because they're the ones that like the unions, and you get all that collusion. That's where the, the corruption and all that BS comes in. Uh, and while I do understand that the, the people, the, act, the ones actually putting in the work, aren't getting, you know, and this is, goes for every company, not just this one, aren't getting their fair. fair I mean, the, the big wigs at the top are making millions and billions of dollars. And these guys, like you said, are getting 12 bucks a day to feed themselves. Go to the McDonald's dollar menu and feed yourself twice well, it's, a day. It's, I mean, I saw it when I worked worked in corporate America. I worked at a company that was doing great. Then they got acquired by a big, you know, one of these investment companies and all that. Um, guys, by, by a company looking to do the Richard Gere stuff from Pretty Woman, just build up the company and dump it. And about, a, the company was doing great. About a year into it, once the sale went through, um, the two guys who, who basically ran the organization that bought it came in one day and fired like 80 people. Somewhere, maybe it was 30 people. But it was enough to where it all of a sudden everybody else's workload increased, their hours increased, their, you know, the work environment became worse. And then that was just the, the start of things to come, you know. And so I, I think when it comes to unions, first, I think, you know, <laughs> I always crack up because people on the right go all fucking anti-union. But then when it comes to a police matter or a fire department matter or something like that, oh, the fucking fire department association, the police department associations, those are all cool in school. Right. No, they're fucking unions. My problem with unions is if our the, pro, the the reason we need unions is because our government that oversees the workforces and our corporate and corporate America and, and, and employers fuck over employees. 
So, so unions are supposed to, in theory, supposed to represent employees. And, you know, you go back 100, 150 years ago where you had, you know, just riot fights in the streets trying to where people were going like, hey, we need a day off once a, once a week kind of shit. We don't need to work 12 and four, like trying to get some basic fucking worker rights in there. You know, like they had their point, you know, but then you look forward. I think you go down into the getting the Jimmy Hoffa years and all that unions organize crime in, in a way it's organized theft. Like if I go join what I, and I was a shop steward in the union. I, I, I was part of a union, like, but you had no choice, right? It was a closed shop, had to join it. Well, then the, the, the head, the head union rep that doesn't, that, that actually is employed by the union talks all these young people into striking. A third of them lose their jobs over it eventually, get their hours cut. The union's like, well, we give you $100 a, you know, a week or whatever the fuck it was, strike pay. These guys are all out there. The union never came through. And in the middle of the strike, the union had a meeting, not the, un- not the shop, not the place, but the heads of the union had their annual convention and agreed to raise everybody's union dues. So everybody had to start paying more in union dues. And the union didn't get the pay raises they promised, right? So I look at unions as like, you're paying dues. The union is invested. And what does the unions do, right? They hold employees and all this, or employers to us, like, hey, we're, you have to pay us this. Like, I know guys, I have, I have people I know back in Boston. They're, they love um, when like they give, when, the, when they give cost inflation and stuff raises to like, you know, like the, uh, um, what, what is it to, to like the baseline to the, to your, your bottom level, uh, minimum wage to, to minimum wage, because they they get like double that it's in their contract. So, oh yeah, minimum wage goes up. We get double that kind of stuff. So it's all they are is they're buying each other off with money. The, the people in the unions, in those really big unions back on the East coast, they get, they get fucking more money. When I worked at the fire department out in California, our fire department, part of the union strategy out there was five of the similar size fire departments all compared ourselves next to each other. We would all have contract negotiations every three years. So in those three years before your contract negotiation came back up, every other city got a raise. So when it came time for you to get a raise, your contract negotiation, you're like, look at what they're paying everybody else. We should get more than all of them. All right, we'll, we'll give you more money. We'll give you better retirement. I'm not saying that's wrong, but it becomes unsustainable. Like some of the retirements out in California, part of the reason California is having is, is in problems is they have the California uh, personal uh, employees retirement system. And you have people that are going into work at 25, retiring around 50 with 90% of their highest. Year. I'm not saying they shouldn't have that, but the way they set up the system, it's unsustainable and it buckles back in on everybody else. So you know, I, I kind of, we, we talk about unions and I, my question to people is like, why does the federal employees that, you know, employees of the federal government, why do they need unions? Isn't the federal yeah. government what's supposed to be presenting the standards? Like if the federal government was doing its jobs and holding corporations in America accountable, we wouldn't need the fucking unions. And in spite of unions, when employees get fucked over, it just depends. Your level of representation by the union depends on the benefit to the union. If it doesn't yeah. benefit them somehow, you ain't getting fuck all for representation. So I think the entire system is corrupt. In the end, employees need protection. That's what our state and federal government should be doing. That's why the fuck wouldn't we expect our government to act on our behalf? We, we talk about this all the time. So anyway, that's the like, I don't know, getting around the asshole to get to the elbow kind of thing. But yeah, that's my view on unions. I don't know. Yeah. And, and I, I, I see the point of unions, but I also see like the part you were talking about with the corruption. I see that it's supposed to, you know, it's, it gives the working person uh, sort of a, a seat at the table, supposed to be anyway. But the way the system is set up and the way these corporations are so top heavy and all the money is basically flowing to the top, just because somebody down at, on the lower end gets a raise doesn't mean it, it, it all kind of gets passed on because they, their shareholders and, and all of this still want to make their, their, their bottom line. And they're going to do that by raising prices and stuff like that. So, I mean, I don't really have an cool. opinion one way or the other. I think the, 
it's the it, the whole system is kind of broken and corrupt. And when you get government involved in it, it just it just gets on steroids with all of that. Well, think about it this way: politicians campaign, like make a concerted effort to get union backing from like the head, like the union as a whole comes out and say, yeah, we back this, this candidate because then the union tells all, all of its employees, like they send them like, this is how you, how you need to vote, vote. Like, so it's, they're, they're buying votes. I mean, it's a legal way to buy to buy votes. Again, the employees need protections. Employees need basic rights. I mean, we are, they get screwed over all the time. It's the system we have. When I was a shop steward working in EMS in a private ambulance service, I had the union getting in my ass because it wanted me to defend an employee that was, wasn't getting fired, was got, got days off work because he fell asleep with a patient when the patient was in the back of the ambulance. He's back there working on the patient and racked out. <laughs> and they wanted me to defend this guy. And I'm like, there's no defense for that. He's the paramedic. The pa- he's like, who's taking care of the patient? <laughs> oh no 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 he shouldn't get suspended over that yes he should like he should get like he, like he should get fired kind of thing right yeah so it's 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 all cattywampus it's not what's doing right you know hey make it an educational thing for that dude you make make you know you get a couple of days off make it so he learns from it doesn't ever do it again right but they it, it's not about that it's who benefits and it's always about how the union leadership benefits right it's about how the government benefits None of it. Some if a, if the byproduct of a union is, is to help employees, that's just a byproduct. It's not the intent. Yeah, and and Lisa, she hates her union uh, because the the employees that that kind of deserve to be fired, they they can't mm-hmm. fire them or they like you were just talking about and can't reprimand them or whatever. They don't do a whole lot as far as for her. And when they decide to do something, it doesn't matter what she thinks. She's she's got to go along with what they do. And the dues yeah. themselves that she has to pay for them basically not really doing anything except for in those extreme situations. So, and do you, does she have to join the union there? So that's one of my issues with unions. Like you go to yeah. places where they have closed shops, and that means you have no choice. But okay, you get a job, you have to pay union dues. Now, there's some benefits of that when they negotiate you a, a everybody a, a pay raise or something like that. But yeah, there's there's benefits to that for you for for paying for that and. The fact that you don't have any choice in that, like, no, you're going to take my money. That's like fucking Big Sal coming in and slapping you around in the deli telling you, hey, man, we get a cut. Like, what the fuck is this? Again, it's about personal freedoms. That's not personal freedom. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I just thought, you know, that story yesterday was going to be about the food supply chain and all that, but... Since they reached this tentative agreement today, it was kind of about the the government intervention and, you know, unions and and all that stuff. Well, think about that, the government intervention on that, right? Because when you look at that, the union that those unions, they I think they knew they had a they had a slam dunk because right at the midterms. Right. Well, going into midterms and imagine like a like something that decreases the food supply and, and, and the, and what's on the shelves by 30%, whatever that number was, you said yeah, earlier, right? Like, so in, in, when we have the recession, we have all these problems that would just blow up in Biden's face. So he, they, yeah. they had to get involved and they have to, they had to make him happy. Yeah. Right? I'm surprised you don't see more of that happening with big unions that were, Hey, this will affect the economy. Let's shut this down because they they have they have bargaining power right now. Yeah, the time is right to do stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of Biden, I found this or, or I saw yesterday. We started we started talking about this yesterday on the show, um, uh, or at least I did. They couldn't hear you, <laughs> <laughs> but we're talking about Biden throwing his his stupid inflation reduction act party, and at the same time he was doing this. The stock market was just tanking. I mean, it was yeah. it was so ironic. It was hilarious. But I mean, that's like this administration. They just doubled down on all of this crap. He's he's out yesterday at at the car show, uh, electric vehicles and all that stuff. Meanwhile, us here in America, we're you know we're we're getting screwed. But you know they're just doubling down on this agenda. I wanted to play this a little bit of this video right here of him talking yesterday, or the, I guess it was the day before now. 
uh, at his little shindig at the Capitol saying how wonderful this Inflation Reduction Act is and how much it's going to reduce inflation when the bill actually had nothing to do with that at all, other than like it should have been a medical bill and a green energy bill. Let me play this real quick. Exactly four weeks ago today, I signed the Inflation Reduction Act into law, a single most important legislation passed in the Congress to combat inflation and one of the most significant laws in our nation's history, in my view. We're going to lower prescription drug costs. Lower health insurance costs, lower energy costs for millions of families. That's the part I wanted to get to right there. Well, well, hang on, back up for a second. The lower the lower pre- prescription drug costs. Now, I am not gonna I'm not gonna be exact on this. So please, everybody, if you're interested in this, go look it up. But here's the deal on this: the amount of prescriptions that they're gonna lower the drug costs. I think. Starts off like I don't believe any happen right now. I think the first start happening two or three years down the road, and it's like 10, 10 prescriptions that they're gonna like do something with. But what they're doing is they're working this angle where the go- the the drug company sort of repackages it in some new way and finds some sort of new use for it, and then they could sell it as a new drug again. But this whole prescription drug cost thing is phased in over years and years and years. And it covers yeah. a bunch of meds that they're going to be able to probably find workarounds on. So it's bullshit. It's not lowering prescription drug costs in the manner that they're trying to tell you that it's lowering it. it, it like you're, it's going to be negligible. And with some of the other shit that they have in the bill, you're not, it, it's not, it, they're full of shit. Yeah. It, and, and how many people does that affect? So, so a few people get lower prescription costs. That's great. How's that reducing the, 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 uh, the inflation and all that? And then you've got the green energy, people saving money on energy bills. Bullshit. If, if you spend $30,000 on solar panels, you'll save $2,000 or something like that. So and, that's how he can get away know, with saying that. And when you talk about solar panels, remember a company called Solyndra? Yeah. How'd that work out? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, it just, it's it's all the rhetoric with all these people. And we're going to talk about this in a little bit uh, with uh, Pierre or whatever, talking about it's it's the words they use now, the extreme, the extremists, the all of these things that, that they're, they're, it's just complete gaslighting. I mean, worse than I've ever seen it before in my, in my memory anyway. Maybe I, maybe I just forgot about Obama because he was pretty good at it too, but um, I did find this article, though, as well. It talked about, and this is, I'll have to put this in the show notes. Uh, let me see if I can pull this on b- uh, full screen. Uh, but this talks about how inflation and the price level and economic growth, uh, everything the elites don't tell you, or every, everything the elites tell you is wrong. And this is it, a pretty, actually a really good article because, and it's not like stuff that we don't all already know, but they're, they talk about in this article, and I'll just read the first paragraph. Let me see if I can make this a little bit bigger so people can see it. Um, Fundamentally, inflation is fraud. The central government and bank printing money uh, lessens the value of money already in circulation. A truckload of sand isn't particularly valuable in Saudi Arabia. uh, And an increased supply of money means ultimately that prices denominated in that money will go up unless you are the one that receives the money at the point of entry. And that was my main point with this. So if you receive the money from the get-go, if you're if you are the central banks, the ones that are responsible for "quote unquote" controlling inflation, then you and your cronies or whatever get that money before inflation really starts to roll out, right? So you can make investments, you can do all these different things, and meanwhile, by the time that money that they just printed gets to us down here, inflation has already taken hold. So it works. I, I think it's it, my, my point with this is it's it's crappy that after we went off the gold standard, they set up this system that works in their favor, that works to their benefit. They can make money off of this crap and the prices go up and then, you know, we're left holding the bag. So do you think that system was set up after we went off the gold standard? I think, no, I think, think that, that was the reason we went, we went off, went off the and the gold standard was was like the kickoff for implementing it. I think that shit was all planned out. Like, why would you just take us off the gold? It, it, this was all fucking planned. It was their, their way to twist the system. Hey, you know, um, I just pulled up the federal uh, health insurance plan. 
and like some of the bullet points why you should want their federal. And this is for Congress. This is congressional health insurance, right? Because you get access to nearly all providers throughout the nation. Hey, Dale, how are you able to go? Like what happens when you go to a different state? How's your insurance work? Benefits everywhere and anywhere. Oh, wow. That's nice. Yeah. You there also are get a few a states many, where my. There's only a few states where my company operates. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, oh, Hey, guess what? If you're, if you have congressional health insurance and this applies to your staffers, I believe in all that many plans have no deductible for generic prescriptions. They don't pay a cent. And (laughs) thanks to the inflation reduction act, all you fucking old people on fixed incomes that weren't, aren't a congressional staff or a congressional person, you're going to be limited just having to pay $2,000 per year out of your, out of your fixed income. Yeah. 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 And on top of that, trying to pay for food that's outrageous now and yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and energy yeah. bills and hashtag fucking equal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll bet you that that 80 year old dude or 80 year old couple is really, really looking into buying an electric vehicle at this point, <laughs> you know, really, really making that, uh, making that. Well, switch. you know, it's interesting, man, you talk about that. Right. And you think, if they're really serious about the whole electric vehicle thing, they would be building the, like our grid is so delicate. Like it cracks. It's like an egg ready to crack. It's like an egg getting ready to get dropped out of a B 17, right? It's, it's ready to fucking crack. Do you think they would beef up the electrical grid just to make it more resilient for today so that it could possibly handle the increased load, but they're not doing that. Here's all the electrical vehicle, electric, you know, electric vehicles basically fuck the power grid. Now they're saying they're doing some stuff for the power grid. Sure. They are like the billions they spend on all the other shit that they do that ne- nothing ever happens. Bridges to nowhere kind of shit and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Typical government. Um, I wanted to go through one more part of this and then I want to move on to the, the credit card companies coding your uh, purchases at gun stores and stuff. But in this article, they talked about, and we I briefly mentioned it, about with um, the, going off the gold standard. And in that, that show we did on what happened in 1971, and you look at all those, those uh, flatline charts that all of a sudden in 1971 started to peak, this in here, this paragraph right here talks about how Inflation is not necessary for real, real wealth and growth. These, are, these things are obtained by producing more goods and services available at a lower cost. Uh, the, my point with this is we looked at all of those charts and you saw that everybody, in our lifetimes, we're just used to inflation, right? Because it's happened since right around the time we were born. It's just the way of life. Everything goes up year after year. But it doesn't have to be that way. It wasn't that way before we went off the gold standard. Uh, and now it is. So it is that rigged game. It is that rigged system that benefits the Fed. It benefits the big banks. It benefits all those people at the top. And, you know, I, I get why they went off the gold standard. I don't agree with it, though, because it's the economy was so volatile uh, because people could just run to the bank and grab the money if they wanted. And they didn't want that to happen. <laughs> so they basically removed rules. That way they could they had more flexibility to cheat, connive, do all the crap, you know, maintain a stable economy is what they call it. They, um, they took your, so basically what you're saying is by you having dollars or, you know, you having gold, like this is, I have this amount of gold. I have $10. I got $10 worth of gold. You can control your own, the, the backing of your money. Like you can control that, like, right. Cause that's was sort of fixed based for de- demand of gold. And what they did was they didn't like you to be able to do that. So they went to a system where they can control the the dials and all that. That's based upon fucking nothing based upon agreement by them that it all means something. And mm-hmm. now you have no fucking control over that really. Well, you do just, it, you can't use dollars, right? You know, like, like that, that is, if you, if you're into bartering, if you're into, you know, other fi- figuring it out, then maybe, but yeah, I, th- I, as far as their system control, goes, man. yeah. As far as their system goes, you don't have control. There's this illusion of control. You can mm-hmm. log into your bank account and see your ones and zeros and and all your numbers on there. Uh, you can use your credit card, and it's going to work because of that perceived, you know, that money you have in there. But if they decided to turn it off, you, you got nothing. You see some of the the, the bank holidays well, in China recently, and 
That's that's well, not and, and out think of the about realm possibility. What can they do? I mean, it, it, it's the basis of modern monetary theory in a way. They can always control the flow of cash. They can create cash. So they can devalue your cash any fucking time they want. Yeah. It's what they do. You know, so yeah, exactly. That that's what my that's to me the whole thing with the getting off the gold standard was give that gave them more control. Yeah, yeah. Uh Brandon just put in the chat, maybe these grid failures, this doesn't really have this is what we were talking about before. Yeah. Maybe these grid failures and push for EVs are uh are such are in, uh, are such are in play to improve the grid. I think that is an inevitability because if they want this stuff to actually work and go through, you're either going to fix the grid or this thing is going to come crashing down. So I think yeah, maybe that, that is that, a, takes, an end of- that 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 kind of is based upon the premise that they actually give a shit about the grid, like that Joe Biden, the Democrats, yeah. the Republicans actually give a shit about the grid. If they gave a shit about the grid, I mean, Joe Biden has been in office now 50 something fucking years. Lindsey Graham's been in office. How long? How long have they all been in office? Most of them have been in office for fucking a long time. Too damn long. <laughs> they ha- they've never done shit about the grid in the past. Now either they all just got fucking red pilled, or they had their fucking epiphany and like, oh, we got to work on the grid. But they're not out there banging the drum about doing the grid. So I, I don't think that's it. I, I literally think it's about how can they use that for a political benefit, man. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. And we'll see. I mean, yeah, just like everything else, you know, the government will get involved and do this and do that. But society is the one that's going to be responsible for changing all this stuff. So this stuff is going to happen. This stuff is going to get fixed and the vulnerabilities are going to come out. uh, And then they're going to, you know, then they're going to come out and be the savior and say, oh, we got it. We got to do this. You know, we're going to get this done. So it's it's after there, you know. They, they could get there. I mean, if they wanted to put the, the, the time and effort into it, they could get the grid up and, and make electric vehicles a viable option if they wanted to. You know, there, there's a lot they could do. There's a lot they could do to balance it out. You know, if you're in a rural community where it might be more difficult, yeah, they, they, they can figure it out. But they, they haven't, right? It's it, only when it benefits them do they do they ever switch and do anything else. So, Yeah. I tell you what, $50 billion that went to Ukraine? Could could do a whole lot of infrastructure. Just saying, <laughs> I think we're over that now, aren't we? What are we? We'll have to do a show on that. See where we're at on on Ukraine since like there's so much. It it seems like there. every other day it's a couple a couple more billion dollars or a couple like twenty million here, the forty million there, hundred million here, hundred million there. Every day it just well, kind of just keeps adding up. Yeah. So I get back. I go. I go back to the whole drug prescription drug thing, right? Oh yeah, we're gonna. We, you only have to pay the drug companies two thousand dollars. Like we have the highest drug rates of around the world, right? You only have to pay the drug companies two thousand dollars a year, dude. How much of those billions that you sent to fucking Ukraine would take care of everybody's fucking drug needs for the next ten years? Yeah, <laughs> like dude, like literally, you have to pay. We're giving we're we're giving money away like it's going out of style, and you, the American citizen who's worked your whole life, done whatever in this fucking country, you gotta pay to stay healthy. Yeah, fucking you you don't deserve it unless you fucking have a bunch of money. That's what's so incredibly frustrating with all this shit. We are the most prosperous country uh, anywhere. We've we've been so for a while, and we can't. Take care of our own people. We we well, should. Let me ask life you. should be so easy here. It's it, but it it gets back to there's no there's no money in the cure. They don't want us healthy. The health insurance industry, the big pharma, doesn't make money off of healthy people. Yeah. They don't want you healthy. Why do you think they like that? That's the whole fucking gimmick here. Like having being a like. Being able to have be healthy and like we can talk about, you know, public health care and all that shit. And we understand the government fucks it up and socialism and all that. But like it shouldn't have to be that bad. Like it should be a fundamental thing. If we're going to fucking waste tax dollars, let's waste it on having a healthy fucking society, a healthy, educated, fucking well-grounded society. Like what does that bring? Fucking happiness to everybody. Well, that, like, and, and- makes you that give that elevate. Oh, guess what? We don't have to worry about fucking little Johnny getting sick. Right? Like literally you're it's our fucking society is fucking Russian roulette from the get-go. 
I've I've had it where I like, dude, like I didn't know how I was going to get some fucking health care at times when I didn't have health insurance. Like, how the fuck is this going to work? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I can. I'll go down to some fucking state fucking hospital. But you know what? Because we don't take it seriously. Everybody fucking goes there. And then it's a fucking nightmare down in those places. Dude, I remember the first time I went into L.A. County USC Medical Center as an EMT bringing a patient in there and they they had all the people lined up on the wall. Right. Like 20 people who were the most critical. And this wasn't the, that wasn't the waiting room. The waiting room was out there with like 200 fuckers in it. This was like the most critical. And I remember number eight had his arm up and this gigantic ball of gauze around it. And blood was pouring out, like just draining out of the end of this guy's arm. He was number fucking eight, just sitting there <laughs> waiting to get a bed. So, oh, yeah, we got public health care for you. That kind of yeah. shit. No, like, like it's we don't fucking prioritize that. Yeah, and, it, and it's horrible because that. it would it would make this country even more prosperous. It would, you know, you create the education. You you do that. You make the people of the country. You focus on the people of the country. And it makes it just overall society would be a lot better. Maybe we wouldn't have all the bullshit going on in society with people shooting each other and crap like that and the crime. Well, or as much. think, think, Think back to the whole virus thing, right? What was like, what was one of the biggest things like the, the people impacted the most unhealthy people, right? Like people with multiple conditions, people that were overweight, that kind of stuff. If you decrease that number, then, Oh, not so bad now, but we don't know you couldn't even tell people to use to to take to talk to their doctor about taking vitamin D. Yeah. And doctors would if they would try to talk to you about it, we're getting in trouble for that shit. So again, it's our, our it's not us, we the people that are fucked up, because we all want to be healthy. We all want to have better lives. It's our fucking leadership. And it's the people who make money off of keeping us fucking miserable. Yeah. And I'm not saying everybody's fucking miserable. But you know what? Like, if you knew when you got some fucking debilitating, think about it. Most people watch this show are probably over in their over forty. A lot of most of them are probably over fifty. And think, what do we all have in the back of our mind if we don't have some like if things haven't worked out well? Like, fuck, I really don't hope. I really hope I don't have a major health condition. Not so much that like, hey, because I'm gonna, have, you know, like I'm not willing to fight and do what I, you know, try to live. But because of the nightmare, it's going to be logistically to fucking and, and financially and all the other shit that goes with it. Why do we put that on our people when we have the ability not to? Yeah, that, that's what kind of frustrates me with like California liberals and New York liberals that, you know, you, you talk about the homeless population or the people in need or, you know, the immigration and all that. And they want to do this stuff to help them out. So they look to the government for that help and everything. But the government is the one responsible for putting people in those situations and maybe not directly all the time, but by not focusing on that stuff and not, and, and, you know, focusing on other countries and all that crap, those problems could actually get solved. Uh, And I think us as people are probably a lot closer than that, but these, these people at the top can't have us actually talking to each other. So they got to keep everyone separated and in your own corner, uh, and, but the problems could be solved. That's, that's my well, point. I, but I think sometimes we look at the problems as, okay, here's the problem. Like we're at like the base of the problem. How do we solve the problem? But in our lifetime, like, and especially, and I think like, if you were to talk to Jason, angry prepper, um, you know, like me, myself growing up in that, I, I grew up 15 minutes from downtown Los Angeles, right? Like 10 minutes from Dodger stadium. I grew up in LA and my entire life, Los Angeles and California has been saying, oh, we need to do something about homelessness. We need to do something about this. They put a tax in. They do all this shit to, to handle the problem. They get a bunch of money and then they go hire somebody to handle the fucking problem. They hire their buddy to handle the problem. They give their buddy a bunch of money. The problem never gets solved, but their buddies get rich. Because California has been trying to solve the fucking homeless, homeless population or problem since I was a kid. It wasn't like it is now out there, but they've always gone to those kind of causes. You know, it's what, why I call it being a California conservative. Like, hey, I have a fu- I, I used to talk to homeless people on my way to school. Right. So I have a soft spot for people that are legit homeless that have ran out of options. And I'm a fucking pro gun. Like, stay the fuck out of my life. Second Amendment, you know, fucking. Hey, I'm not a fan of the NRA and I'm a fucking life member of the NRA. Okay. (laughs) So, you know, you look at the stuff, they've had the opportunity to fix this over and over and over. And they've pumped 
I don't know. I, I couldn't even imagine how many billions of dollars they've pumped into addressing homelessness in the United States. But they don't address it. They give money to companies that, again, aren't made because they don't want to fix the problem. Look at the war in Ukraine. We could literally be over there trying to sort shit out between Russia. But what are we doing? We're fucking pumping with, with, with Russia and Ukraine. Like, like, can we work on something? But no, we're pumping fucking just just pump fucking weapons in. Hey, when they had a peace deal working, they fucking everybody got the Brits to go in and fucking shut it down because they're all making money. That's the problem. We, we yeah. have the ability to to deal with homelessness, hunger, all this shit in this country. And they've been given money hand over fist for fucking years and they abscound with it. And they never try to fucking solve the problem. Well, that's a, that's how these yahoos get in there because they and these 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 people in New York and can and uh, California that really care about that stuff and and I'm not talking crap about them, but yeah. the politicians will pander to those people and tell them we're going to do that. And this goes for both sides of the aisle; it's just different issues for Republicans. Sure. But they'll tell them, "Hey, we're going to do this. We're going to do that." So these people vote for them because what other choice they have? They're not going to vote for a Republican. Because Republicans don't talk about that stuff. Well, but these they, Democrats get they, into office and don't do a damn thing like you were talking about. Um, well, so, it goes back again. into the heart. Look at the big cities that are falling apart. That does all Democrat run for a long time. Yeah. And they're fucking trip. And those cities have had a huge tax base for a long time. Like Los Angeles and California just didn't start taxing the fuck out of everybody recently. Like it's gone up. But it's it always costed you money. It always costs money to live in the Sunshine State. It always costs money to live in Chicago. And look what you're getting for your money. You know, I mean, like you said, we can we can flip the script and we can look at the Republicans and, and the shit they've done. How much money do we waste in a fucking war in Iraq that's an illegal war? And George Bush ain't in fucking jail. Like that's fucking still bonkers. And I say it all the time. So, you know, yeah. there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, your Chris Fit said the same thing you did basically earlier. Is if you if you solve the problem, you don't get the money, and that's exactly what all of this yeah. is all about. And well, we get to be the little guy down here, just kind of taking it. Uh, and and you know. well, and think about that too, right? Right there, what kind of going off riffing off what Chris said. If you solve the problem, so if you went out, if we went out and solved the homeless problem, basically figured it out, we wouldn't need a bunch of more cash. You might need some ongoing operations, that kind of stuff, but you wouldn't need a bunch huge inflection of cash to solve the homeless problem again. If we solve the illegal immigration problem at the border, you wouldn't need to keep paying to solve it as much. So then it ends up being a domino effect. Okay. We got that taken care. Of. It's like when you manage your budget at home, Hey, you know, we're saving up. We're not going to do shit because we got to do this fucking add on in the house. Now, when you get the add on done, the, your home value has gone up. You have a better house and you have a bunch of extra money. Okay. What are we going to do next? Like if they had fucking started doing this shit, decades and generations ago, I don't know, a couple, you know, I don't know at what point we fell off the rails, but let's say a hundred years ago started doing this kind of shit instead of trying to figure out how to empower themselves and make more money. We probably would have a lot of these like infrastructure probably be fucking top notch. Like we would have like a bunch of a much better stuff, but it, they've politicized it all. And again, like Chris says, it's not, there's no money in the cure. Yeah. It, hey, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't worry too much about my budget. If I'd had Greenspan's number or the fed on speed dial, and just tell them, hey, man, I need, I need a few extra bucks. I got well, a, a Lamborghini or a Bugatti I need to buy. That's think, basically if, the if government. They had, if they had some sort of system, right, insure whatever, where you knew when you get older, that like, and, and not fucking Medicare, because you know what? Medicare Part B and all that other bullshit is supplement because Medicare doesn't fucking take care of you. And there's a lot of people who just do by the fucking way life goes. Dude, I worked at a hospital. That didn't take its own fucking health insurance. Right. And they didn't give health insurance to a lot of people like this is how insane our system is. Think about how your life would be different if you said, hey, you know what? I'm never going to have like we, we have it covered on some level. So instead of giving a trillion dollars over years to Ukraine, hey, I know when I get older, like our health insurance are taken care of. I know that. Kids, like we could do a lot better with with the way we do money. I'm not I'm not some fucking socialist. And at the same time, it's like we could do better with how we fucking spend the taxpayer dollars and and what that does to our quality of life. And we don't we fucking yeah, so yeah. far removed. We actually weaponize it. Like, oh, you fucking asshole! Why would you like? Oh no, we can't give you like healthcare. What the fuck would that be? Or hey, you know, like we 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 weaponize that kind of shit against each other. And what were we doing? We're weaponizing hard times. 
people's hard times against one another. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of focusing on the middle ground crap, it's like, if you're for unions, you're this. If you are for pro-life, you're this. If you are this, you're that. I mean, it, it that's, yes. everyone gets put in a box and well, that's the way society and maybe that's works. What, maybe that's the game, right? If you're always uncertain about your fucking healthcare and they, they can always scare you into doing something for your healthcare, right? I mean, wasn't that, it wasn't that like a Saul Alinsky thing, like, or maybe that was a, maybe a Lenin thing was like, Hey, if you control the people's healthcare, kind of thing you got them like you control yeah. their food it, it, it's like it's like on one of those levels okay well if you control their health care by not giving them good health care and then you use that health care to fucking scare them every fucking time well then you guess what you got your chicken on a hot tin plate yeah and and that's the tool they have right now until they try to get their um government health care programs in there and then they got complete control of it uh, they can't yeah. do anything that benefits the people is the whole my my whole thing with this is there's there's yeah. a solution sitting right there in front of your freaking face but you know, if they get their hands on it, it's corruption, greed, and all that other shit's going to get put into the pot and mixed together with it, and uh, you know, ruin it. Well, and and think about that, dude. If everybody was responsible gun owners, and I'm not, you know, so, so that you could defend yourself, they lose they lose more control again, right? Keep yeah. you in fear for the crime. Oh, we need more money for the government to protect you from yourself. It flows all over the second amendment. Like maybe, maybe that's the thing. Always look at how does that cause, how does their action make people more scared to fucking keep doing what they want them to do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do want to move on, but that you brought up kind of another point I was thinking about is it's the whole inner city <laughs> thing the the economic divide, same damn thing. They, they make it all about race and all that, but it's not about race. It's about economics, and they've they've created this system that keeps people poor. And it just so happens that because the way this this country has evolved, it's a majority of of black people. But it's not about race. It's well, about it's about economics and opportunity. Well, think and about all this, stuff, man. So, city. So I worked I worked in Atlanta as a paramedic for a while, and the South Side of Atlanta was was predominantly black. And poor, and that was where you know the, the that's I enjoyed working there because I didn't like going to you walk into a call on the north side of Atlanta and it'd be it, it, it'd be it'd be some some rich person, and they would have like a daughter that was a doctor, a son that's an attorney, and some other aunt, kid that's like a city administrator all sitting there, right? And then so they're all like, and, and, mo and mom literally like sneezed two days ago, and that's why they're calling you, and so then it's like they're trying to tell you how to do your job. I love working on the south side of Atlanta, and you know. Thinking about it, like, who controls this, the Atlanta school district? And who controls where the fucking schools go? Like, if you want to give people in, in, you know, in the hood better fucking chances at education and all that, that's controlled with the fucking unit, the city. They could do that. Atlanta's not a fucking poor town. It milks its people for money. It's them who is not. It's the, it's the city. The, the yeah. people in office who are who are keeping those people in a in a fucking shitstorm, living in a shitstorm nonstop, because they don't invest in the schools, the teachers, all the shit, to, so that those that those kids can get out of there. That there again, there's no money in the solution. So you know, you look at that. It's Lori Lightfoot, who isn't putting cops and who isn't putting schools and who isn't putting the effort into into saving the the, the South Side of Chicago. Lori Lightfoot, yeah. same hey, in Atlanta. <laughs> this is kind of totally off topic, and then we're going to switch to this gun registry thing. But have have you seen older pictures of Lightfoot, like twenty years older? She's actually a decent, a decent looking. No, no, no. Woman. Are you saying twenty years younger? Yeah, yeah, twenty years. Uh, yeah, pictures from twenty, 20 years, years ago. ago. Yeah. She's no. I, I thought it was two different people. It, it's like she's been wearing the ring of power too long. I and mean, she turned into Gollum, basically. I mean, I was like, "Holy crap, this woman!" Uh, or she's been yeah, on the crack pipe. She, or, or she reminds me of that. Um, there's some characters on Star on Star Wars that are always like in the command center and have these eyes. She reminds of them, but yeah, I mean, dude, I, I think I, I think you know, like you're that corruption twister. She knows she's corrupt. Like, dude, I'm sorry. Hey, I don't know for sure if she's corrupt. YouTube. But it sure seems like it. You yeah. Know? And, hey, and, and, I, and may, I think that stuff, that stuff twists you after a while, man. Like, like she's probably owned by so many people who have dirt on her. Uh, I can't be a good, 
good life. Yeah. Uh, let me. This is the picture I was talking about. I saw this the other day. That is actually her when she's younger. And, and I had to look back and forth. I was checking the nose. I was like, that cannot be her. That is what she looked like. And now she's been wearing the ring of power from the Lord of the Rings too long. And she's turning. It's the fishes. It cooks the fishes. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, again, dude, she's. She's not acting on like dude, she's literally act. I don't believe she's acting from a thing of values, right? She know like at the base, we all know if we're doing fucked up shit. You know, I, I think most of us, you know, unless you're old Adolf, maybe and maybe probably at some level he knew he was doing <laughs> fucked up shit, but he's a sadist. So she's she's probably in there somewhere. Like she's she ran for mayor of Chicago. It's not like Chicago has ever been known. It's like when you talk about Louisiana, like Chicago and corruption go hand in hand. Al fucking Capone. Yeah. <laughs> right. right? Like it all goes hand in hand. And everybody knows Chicago. It was Chicago that gave Kennedy the win back in the day. The mob in Chicago worked to help get that dude elected and all that stuff. Chicago's always been corrupt. So to, to think that Lori Lightfoot isn't fucking corrupt, right? Wasn't de Blasio from there? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. It's, uh, it's always Rahm Emanuel. Yeah. It, it's all Obama. It's always been corrupt. It's always been a power broking center. So I think looking at her, I think she's just getting eaten up. Just like you said, it's by the ring of power. It's by the corruption. It, yeah. It's literally the power. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also I looked at a woman. couple pictures of Pelosi when she was younger, too. And, you know, she's not like, like you got hot some weirdness like going that, on, but... dude. You got some you got some weirdness going on over there. I was looking at the reason I was looking for uh, that, that is because I was looking look at to that. see. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking to see how long she'd been in office, and I believe it was like 1987 or something. And I looked at that, and I was like, holy crap, this is like AOC is the new version of Nancy Pelosi. It's just like the younger version, um, and here we go again type crap. I got some stuff on her, but we're not going to have time to do that today. And I'm not going to. No, I'm not. I'm not looking up some crazy chick politician porn or anything like that. <laughs> I know where you were going with that. You could deny it all you want. Well, you know, I, hey, man, I just left it where it was, and you filled a lot in. I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're gonna we're gonna abandon this subject right here uh, and talk about this. Uh, the credit card companies. I'm sure you've heard about this. It's been all over the place. Uh, but credit card companies are now gonna code transactions made on credit cards to gun shops. And yeah. I've seen a couple of videos, a, a couple of people talking about how this has been going on a while. So it's not really new. The only thing new about it is the actual code itself. Uh, I got a clip from Crowder I want to play, and then I'll get your thoughts on uh, the whole thing. But he's talking at the beginning of this. This is a pretty interesting video. The beginning of, he, of it, he was talking about how social media companies and all that are so involved in government these days. Can you really call them uh, independent? Uh, as far as all of these things are concerned. And then then he moves on to these credit card companies. And granted, they're businesses, but because they're in cahoots with the federal government, uh, it's still, it's, it's a big issue. Let me play just a minute or so of this video. So we have five companies that control 90-something percent of all the information that flows. Uh, and then we also have now credit card companies. And this is uh, basically effectively the first step towards a gun registry. And what happens is if you can't get it through the legislation because it's unconstitutional, well, they'll do it through businesses who, by the way, get bailed out and have kickbacks from government, so the two are one and the same. We really are at a point in this country where it's hard to tell the difference. It's hard to tell the difference between a private bank, a private institution, and the United States government. So I, I thought that was, I, I think it's spot on. I mean, it, your your thoughts on Crowder, what, one way or the other, but I think it is because you see social media companies you see credit card companies you see banks all of these things doing these things that are either influenced by government or uh, i mean they they donate to political parties or or government the government can enact laws or or things to help mm -hmm. out these these well, companies th think about our, our the housing crisis what really caused if you look into the housing crisis in, in 2008 what really caused that it happened when they got Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae bolstered as can never fail. It's government. They're government institutions. Yeah. And then you put them out there to give out loans and to do different shit. 
in the middle of the private banking industry. So when they got rid of the redlining laws back in back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. Right. They went in and they and they and Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac started saying, OK, so we got rid of redlining laws, which is great. But now we're going to specialize in giving loans to people who don't qualify. And the way we're going to do that is we're just going to lower like what the, the requirements for getting a loan. Like dude, when I when I was doing my property investment stuff years ago. There is like no doc loans. Like, like, hey, I just want to buy that property. Okay, there you go. Here's property. Kind of shit back back when in the run up. I don't know if anybody's. We, I've talked about it a few times. If you haven't watched the movie The Big Short, you have to watch the movie The Big Short. It's all about the 2007 2008 housing crash. So, you know, you, you get you get to this point where it's I, I don't know, man. It the government hasn't has just keep entrenching their stuff. If you're a bank, how do you compete with a bank that is backed by the government that is guaranteed yeah. not to fail? So as, so as soon as they start giving shitty loans, like no doc loans, well, they have a competitive advantage now. Oh, yeah, well, they're doing it. So now you have to do it. And then everybody does it. Right. So like it, it's bullshit, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it's setting us up for failure over and over again. A lot of this stuff, I think, is just a way to, whether it's intentional or not, I choose to believe that it is intentional, a way of skirting the Constitution, about a, a way of getting these things done. I've got this clip I want to play. I don't even know who this Yahoo is, but he's talking about how this th things like this will help the whole mass shooting thing. Some of these guys that went out and bought guns couldn't afford to buy it with cash, which I'm going to be buying everything from gun shop with cash these, anymore. Uh, but they're talking about how, the, how if a few people are affected, then that's the cost, right? If it's that whole saying of if one person, if one life is saved, then it's all well, worth it. Well, it, it, it comes back to, hey, we need you to give up freedom in order for us to make sure exactly. we prote you're protected. You know, and so, yeah, it's. Yeah. Let me let me play this. It's about a, a minute or so uh, of this Yahoo talking about how it's all it's all good. Uh, we need to do this. There may be credit card companies or certain banks or other financial services providers who say to themselves, you know what, this is not the business we want to be in. Exactly. And now, that, and now by the way, if they want to do that, given, given now that there'll be a coding system, they can make that choice. And so we will, and right. I'm sure there'll be deba debates about that. But the larger opportunity here for everybody who has children, who cares about teachers and Americans here, and yes, there may be a hundred or a thousand people annually who will be lawful uh, citizens who will be inconvenienced by an extra phone call that they will have to take either from a credit card company or the police. But I would argue Just to, to you, verify that it's them. and I would argue to you right. that that inconvenience, if it saves a life or it saves 50, is a, one of the most worthy trades right. that this country will ever remember. undertake. And uh, some big news. Oh, over wrong the button. <laughs> so. It, it it's it's that that typical argument from people that have no idea about guns that it, that are staunchly on one side of the argument that are like if it saves one life, BS because yeah. how many lives are going to be lost because people are so afraid uh, and no yeah that, that that dude's a fucking authoritarian loves to suck dick of fucking Mussolini and all these fucking <laughs> dictators. That's his, that's why he, he puts the dick into dictator. That's what this fucking dude does. <laughs> he has no problem coughing up, you know, like, Oh, we'll give everybody to give up freedoms. Cause it makes me fucking feel better. I don't even know if it makes him feel better. I think he's just a narcissistic fuck. Right. Watch how he's like when, when the way he presents himself and he's like on some grandstand, like, Oh no, I'm this morally right fucking avatar of how the world needs to be like if it makes like you said if it makes people safer and this and that no fuck you dude because you keep trying you keep inconveniencing gun owners to the point where you're now trying to do things through your your version of fucked up government to make legal things turn them into illegal things to make people criminals that's where you're they're, they're fucking going with all this stuff yeah. so i'm kind of like it, it's like you know with when i was growing up and, and, and still voting in California. Anytime I saw a new school tax come I'm like, nah, did you vote new school taxes in and the schools never get better? Same thing on this. I'm sorry. I'm fucking no, no new gun laws. I'm done with your fucking gun laws. I'm done with your restrictions. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah.
And and like I said, I'm not I'm not using a credit card to go to any gun shop anymore or no. anything like well, that. Not that I do anyway, but remember, dude, I mean they just shut people off from their banking accounts in fucking Canada, right? Because they had a different political view. So I don't you know, I mean, I, I would avoid charging shit up on using credit cards for any of this stuff. Yeah, and it's yeah. they, they they've used these coding systems for years. Right. It, it's been there. Now it's identifying, identifying gun shop transactions. And here's the thing. People are going to figure ways around it. Like, just like you said, okay, I'll just, I'll use your deflated cash. You know, there, there's that, that. And and so then what's going to happen. And then people will say, okay, well, we'll take Bitcoin, Bitcoin, right. You know, or crypto. So then what are they going to do? Oh, we have to regulate. We need to go to the freedom dollar because people are making gun purchases with cash. We got. Yeah. We have to eliminate crypto and only allow the freedom dollar because people are making gun purchases with cash, right? And yeah. like we, we have to stop the next mass shooting, so we can't, can't allow you to use anything but the freedom dollar to purchase guns. So we know exactly what you're doing. And here, and when you get down to the end of it, every purchase, pretty much, you know, like I'm not sure how the whole deal with family members nowadays works for in a lot of places, but every purchase, any, any new gun purchase, guess what? You're, you're that's getting run through the, the should be getting run through the federal database anyway. Mm -hmm. Like, so all this shit's fucking there. It's just one more level of bullshit. And yeah. interesting. Who's some of the big companies that when we talk about them using ESG scores, you know, social credit scores, who are some of the big companies that they're going to use to implement those social credit scores in China? What happened? You couldn't get access to your money. Right. So on your social credit score rating, Oh, you bought a gun. Ooh, that's a big hit to your social credit score. Oh yeah. We, we visa, we, we don't accept people with social credit scores under X and you bought a gun. So you're automatically under X. So now we're not going to allow you to do visa transactions anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting because I don't think this stuff ever ends, like you said, yeah. Uh, I, I think we're going to get out of here today. Uh, Brandon in the chat uh, talking about, and, and there's a few people after this, after he made this comment about welcome to Dale's political love bank. Uh, there, it, uh, I'll tell you what, one, Lori Lightfoot, if I did have a political love bank, Lori Lightfoot would not be Would be it. your political love bank person? <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, I, I'm glad you announced that today. Um, <laughs> hey, everybody, if you would, please send Dale some uh, advertisements to Lacey magazines and stuff. So, so am I going to have to get a picture of Lori Lightfoot behind me there on my, put it on my shelf like I did with Fauci? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but it might take you a little longer because when, you know, you're going to actually, because Fauci, you just threw like colored the little horns in this one. You're going to put the little heart around it on her face. <laughs> Fine, I'll get a little tassels for nipples and stuff. <laughs> ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Why'd you have uh, to just go wait? Far, and then, man? and then every week, twice a week, you're gonna have to stare at that damn picture. <laughs> That's all right. Well, why'd you have to go that far? <laughs> hey, you guys are the ones that, oh, yeah, that started this whole shit. I, all I was talking about was how she looked like she turned no, into Gollum. See, see, this is you're, you're using the thing from the Biden campaign right now. Like you're trying to deflect. What started this stuff was that you like you were looking down like hottest old, you know, older politician. Yeah, I didn't ladies. say anything about hottest. You said that you were looking up Nancy Pelosi and Lori Lightfoot pictures. I, I said I saw a picture of Lori Lightfoot when she was younger and she looked like a normal human being. She was because that just happens to show up on your Google all the time. You're you're being like like Biden's press secretary, and you're spinning the hey, shit out of the story. The, hey, you wanted to do the morning show, bro. I'm just saying. Yeah. Welcome to morning, Brian. You're like one of those political attack ads I'm seeing all the time here in Colorado. He's spinning a story way out of control. <laughs> and Brandon too. What you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, good show. Glad we finally got got the whole one through this time. Um, we are going to be doing a premiere on Sunday night. We're not going to be used, doing a regular live. It is going to be at the same time, though. You're still going to be able to chat and do all that stuff. Uh, and the podcast will still be out as well. Uh, and then next week's Blabbercast show, we'll go back to our normal time. Uh, and everything will hopefully be ironed out and, and ready to go. But uh, 
we I had a few different things that we didn't quite get to today because we talked about quite a bit of stuff, uh, but we can always get to that Sunday. But everyone in the chat, uh, I appreciate you. There was actually a, yeah. a, a good number of people there today, and being an impromptu kind of morning show uh, worked out pretty well. So, uh, But I appreciate everyone joining in today and sticking around after yesterday's fiasco and all that good stuff. So... Uh, unless you have anything else, I think we're out of here today. You all done? No, man. Hey, everybody, have a great day, dude. Uh, we will catch you on Sunday. Yep. And over at Survival's Prepper tonight, uh, 5 o'clock Mountain Standard Time, I'll be doing my bug out bag uh, loadout and all that stuff. So check that out, too. Uh, but uh, until next time, take care and prepare, everyone. We'll talk to you all later. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Survival Preppers. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. And don't forget to join us on YouTube for our weekly live shows. For more information or to connect with Duff and Dale, visit thesurvivalpreppers.com or thebugoutlocation.com for members-only content and prepping courses. See everyone next time.